Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way we all think about travel. So much so, in fact, that Visit California has created a responsible travel hub on its website. You can find it at visitcalifornia.com respect. This hub highlights new guidelines for exploring the state in a safe and sustainable manner. And this episode is going to build on those efforts. We'll be talking to three guests who share their insights from different corners of the travel industry. We'll start with what the future holds for air travel by focusing on San Francisco International Airport. There's going to be some type of quantum leap in terms of what the airport experience looks like. And we really think that's going to have to do with some type of on-site health testing, health registration component. And we'll talk with veteran hotel executive James Birmingham about his efforts to give traveling families peace of mind. Well, Montage International has developed several programs and protocols designed to reassure our guests that traveling during the pandemic is safe. We'll also hear from the owner of a brewery and distillery on the Central Coast who explains what might be different the next time you sit down in a bar. That's all coming up on California Now. If you haven't seen the inside of an airport in quite a while, you're not alone. Things might be a little different the next time you touch down or take off in California. New precautions are in place to help people travel safely and with confidence. Here to tell us about what's different and what to expect is Doug Yakel, Public Information Officer at San Francisco International Airport. Welcome to California Now, Doug. Thanks for having me. So this may seem like a strange opening question, but these are strange times. So here goes. How is everything at SFO? What's the mood over there? So I would say that, number one, it is a much more quiet place than you may remember. And that's really one of the big things that we're working on is getting passengers to come back at the level that they did pre-pandemic, really restoring air travel to the levels that we that we knew and enjoyed before this pandemic hit. So uh, we are in the midst of a transformation, I would say. Uh, and uh, at the moment, we're seeing... Uh, passenger volumes that are probably about 85% below where they would normally be at this time of year. So we've got a lot of ground to make up. Now, California is known for being a land of innovation, and San Francisco in particular almost defines the cutting edge. Does that reputation extend to SFO in terms of dealing with this pandemic? We hope that it does. You know, we we like to think that an airport really reflects the values of its region. And being a Bay Area airport like ours, we think that uh, that the use of innovation, uh, first adopters, uh, the use of technology and creative ideas kind of comes with the territory. We live and serve in a region that uh, is open to trying new things, and we're hopeful that that helps us in this pandemic as well. So let's just say I've, I've landed at SFO. I grab my carry-on. I walk down the jetway, enter the terminal. Take me through it. What do I see? What's, what's going to be different now? Well, for starters, we're, we're acknowledging the fact that People that come into our airport may be coming from another region in the U.S. where the restrictions, the health orders might be different, the expectations might be lower than what you would have walking into a California airport. So immediately, as soon as you get off the jetway into the concourse, you're going to see information and education. Really, it's designed to get you quickly up to speed on what the rules of the game are at California airports and what you need to be doing. And obviously, the first one is the universal face masking expectation. Uh, We were the first U.S. airport to require that, and that's still in effect. So getting people to understand that, 
There's also information about physical distancing, the fact that there are still stay-at-home orders. Uh, these are really things that we're focused on. And we've actually got a team of people that we call ambassadors, and their role is to uh, patrol every one of our terminals to ensure that people are up to speed with what's required. The idea being that if you had somebody that maybe wasn't in the know, an ambassador could approach them and tell them that they're an airport representative and help them understand and get compliant with that masking requirement. They actually carry free masks with them if needed. And so what happens if uh, when they encounter somebody who doesn't want to wear a mask? Well, and we've seen that. And uh, our group is really focused on information and education. So at this point, we're not in the uh, issuing fines or citations. We really want to help people understand what the expectation is. And of course, we've seen a broad range of reactions. We've seen everything from innocent and innocuous, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, to people who are uh, have beliefs that would prevent them from uh, complying with this. And, and we know that we're going to get a broad cross-section, but our goal is to make sure that everybody that lands at SFO uh, has uh, a clear understanding of what's required here. And so are you finding that for the most part, travelers are actually complying with the rules? We are, and we measure mass compliance, and we're above 95%. So we're very happy with where we're at. You know, so much of our experience of being at the airport is being around other people. How do you mitigate that to allow for social distancing? It's a challenge, because if you think about air travel, there's multiple steps throughout the process where you're grouped close together with other people, right? Uh, the airport itself, I think, has a greater advantage because there's simply more real estate to reconfigure. And we've been renovating a lot of our terminals over the past 10 years. And anytime we do, we always expand the, the footprint. And we're glad that we did because that gives us more space to play with. And it allows us that ability to reconfigure an area like a security checkpoint. And if you come to SFO, you'll see that we've installed on the ground physical distancing markers to help people maintain that minimum distance in a place like a ticket counter, a security checkpoint, or even at a, at a baggage claim area. I think obviously the real challenge is, is onboard an aircraft because of the confined space there. And there are some airlines that are still blocking the middle seat, but being an ex-airline guy, I understand that that's not a long-term recipe for, for financial viability. So, And that's probably why some type of testing component is going to have to eventually come into place in the air travel experience to allow airlines to uh, book these airplanes fuller than they are today and to have travelers be comfortable with that. So what's SFO doing as far as trying to keep the air clean and filtered or you know, bringing in outside air into the airport? Uh, this is another benefit of, of many uh, recent renovations to our facilities is as we renovate these facilities, we're also installing new state-of-the-art air handling units. That's your heating and air conditioning systems. And these new systems have built in UV filtration systems, which actually kill germs that are passing through the air. Uh, so this is really something where you know, it was a nice feature to have with new facilities, but with the onset of this pandemic, it just took on a whole new found importance. Right, right. And I'm guessing a lot of these efforts aren't unique to SFO, right? I imagine you're probably in steady communication with other airports around California comparing notes about, you know, what's working well, what's not working well. Absolutely. And, and it even goes beyond that. But yes, there's amongst the large airports, there is a steady dialogue about 
uh, what's going on and what's being tried. And I think it's really, you know, I, I compare this to 9-11. And after 9-11, the federal government really defined what the new standards would be across all U.S. airports. And I think that's kind of what's missing here. And that's left individual airports to begin exploring this wilderness on their own, if you will, uh, in the hopes that eventually the the industry standard will emerge. Uh, and so, you know, we've been in good conversations with other airports. I know that LAX has uh, pilot tested a, a program to do temperature checks on passengers in their international terminal. And we've got this uh, on-site testing capability. So all the airports are kind of working towards the same thing. And that is really bringing into focus what that new normal is going to be. So, Doug, you're kind of saying like, just like we had changes in security after 9-11, you're kind of picturing like a, a new required maybe health component or health requirement um, for people traveling now that we're in this po- pandemic and post-pandemic as well. Yeah, we think that's a strong possibility. And what we're seeing starting to play out at airports across the world is is really suggesting this very strongly. And if you think about it, after 9-11, uh, air travel recovered pretty quickly, but it did because there was this clear set of enhanced procedures in place. And obviously, there were some growing pains with it, but it really gave passengers this kind of certainty and this predictability to know that everybody that's on this airplane with me has gone through this exact same process and I can feel good about that. And I think that's probably what needs to happen from a health perspective in order for us to really get back to the level of activity we saw before the pandemic. So what would that look like? How would that play out? So I think most likely it would give passengers a few different ways to get compliant, if you will. And and The pilot program that we're launching with United Airlines in October really gives passengers a few different options to get tested on these flights from SFO to Hawaii. They can either uh, do a test that gets mailed to their home that they do in advance, or they could show up on the day of their travel and get tested on site at the airport. And I think that you'll probably see this gravitate towards several different options where uh, an individual can do it the day that they're there, or if it's more convenient, maybe they'll do it within 72 hours of travel through their health provider, whatever works best for them. And then even after a vaccine is found, uh, you'll have some type of process where there's a certification that you've been vaccinated. And if you haven't, then you fall back to some of those other options. And, you know, savvy travelers will always figure out the best way to get through the airport process. And, And this will be very much the same thing. I mean, you know, what is what, what's going to get me through the airport the fastest? And that means pre-certifying that I've either been vaccinated or I've already tested negative within the 72-hour window of time. They're going to do that to save time at the airport. All right. Can we touch a little bit on your read of how airlines are tackling this crisis? What insight can you share on their point of view in all this? Well, I, I appreciate their predicament because this is an industry that is built around maximizing the sailability of your aircraft and maximizing how many people you can get into an aircraft that'll increase the profitability of a flight. Uh, And so this is a very unique situation for them to be in. And, And I talked a little bit about this idea of blocking seats to allow for physical distancing. That's a good interim measure to help regain confidence, but it's not a long term solution. So Uh, airlines really are going to have to figure out another way to get people to come back. But I have to tell you that I have no doubt about the level of commitment that airlines have to winning passengers back because I've seen items like change fees, which have been in place for decades, 
wiped away. And there's airlines that have announced that they're getting rid of them forever. Uh, that's really a sign to me of how much this industry wants to get people flying again. And I think that's good because the end result will be a better experience. Yeah. You know, I'd, l- I'd like to wrap up on an optimistic note, if we can. Where do you see air travel heading from here? What's a realistic goal? You know, we were hoping that by the end of this year, we'd be at about 50% of pre-pandemic passenger levels. And I think that might be a tad optimistic. Uh, so, But I, I, we do see the recovery happening. We think that the low point was in April, and we've been steadily increasing the number of passengers and the number of airlines and the number of flights that we have. So we are already on the road to recovery. It's just the pace of recovery is a little slower than we'd like to see. But I do believe that once we kind of push through this next iteration, if you will, that kind of this next item that really needs to enable travel again, which will probably be this health concept, I think you're really going to see it recover very quickly because we do believe that there's pent up demand. There's there's interest and desire to travel. We just need to make it uh, easier for people to feel confident about it. Absolutely. I know so many people are just, you know, bouncing off the walls, wanting to get back out there. So you definitely have pent up demand. (laughs) That's for sure. All right, Doug, thank you so much. This has been so great. Thanks for joining us on California Now. Thanks for having me. Doug Yakel is public information officer at San Francisco International Airport. You can read more about the changing nature of air travel on their website, flysfo.com. And as always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. A lot has changed for California's hotel industry in the last few months. One person who's put considerable thought into how hotels can best reassure travelers and help families on the road during the pandemic is James Birmingham. He's a veteran hotelier and executive vice president of operations for Montage International and Pendry Hotels. The two boast multiple unique and beautiful properties around the world, including Montage Laguna Beach in Orange County and Pendry San Diego. Welcome to California Now, James. Thank you. It's great to be with you. We're so happy that you're able to join us. Um, Before we get into some of the innovative programs Montage has created, I'd like to talk a little bit about the COVID-19 crisis in broad terms, like just how big of a challenge is this pandemic for your properties and for the hotel industry in general? Well, it has been traumatic, to say the least, particularly the first three or four months, as um, we really focused on supporting state and our local authorities in mitigating the spread of the pandemic. And as a result, we closed all, substantially all of our operations. We maintain Montage Laguna Beach in a limited capacity is open, but we closed Pendry San Diego and all of the other hotels across the portfolio. So that disrupted not just our guests, but equally our associates. And um, it's been a pretty traumatic time. Having said that, we are we reopened all of our operations starting in June, and we are very pleased at the um, level of guests traveling to our hotels across the portfolio, but particularly in Laguna Beach, at Montage Laguna Beach, and in San Diego, at Pendry San Diego. What would you say the mood is of today's traveler? Do you get the sense that they're excited, hesitant, maybe a little bit of both? That's <laughs> definitely a little bit of both. On the one hand, it's... Um, very excited that they can travel again, spend quality time with family and friends away from home 
and in either Laguna Beach or in San Diego for us. So a very high level of excitement that um, their world and our world is beginning to return to a form of normality. So super levels of excitement and equally appropriate measures of caution. And folks are very careful about how they decide they travel, where they're deciding to travel, and where they're going to stay. So an equal, an equal measure of excitement and caution. So, so what exactly is Montage International doing to, to reassure travelers during the pandemic? Well, Montage International has developed several programs and protocols designed to reassure our guests that traveling during the pandemic is safe. These include peace of mind commitment, which is a thorough focus on cleaning protocols and social distancing, signage, and standards. And the, the biggest and most well-received protocol that we've added is a month-long membership for our guests to One Medical. And One Medical is a leading national digital health and primary care organization that offers 24-7 virtual care services. That's really great. So so if you're a guest there and you're maybe feeling a little under the weather or you're just not sure about, you know, something you through the hotel, you are a member of this virtual uh, medical practice, basically, and you can kind of get uh, a, a doctor's visit. Absolutely. Equally important is to ensure our, the, that we build confidence in our associates and as a result, we offer free membership to our associates to that same one medical benefit, which gives them 24-7 access to virtual medicine. And in addition, we ask our associates to complete a brief questionnaire prior to going to work every day, which gives them a green light confirming that it's safe for them to come to work. And then on top of that, we, we ask our associates to do a um, self-temperature check prior to coming to work. And then on arrival at work, we actually do a thermal digital scan of associate and anybody coming into, any contractors coming into the hotels. So it almost sounds like you're creating kind of like a, a bubble or, a, a you know, almost like a pod in the resort itself so that, you know, people can actually, you know, relax. <laughs> That is the key. It's it's really helping to ensure that our, our guests feel very confident in our protocols. And it's working beautifully. That's really great. I mean, so so much of, um, you know, traveling is that you just want to get away and you do want to be able to let your guard down and just relax. So, you know, being able to provide that, that you know, sense of peace of mind um, just goes a long way. It really does. And the other benefit that we have at Montage International and the great state of California has in abundance is um, terrific outdoor space. So dining, um, pool access um, is, is in abundance at all of our hotels. Mm -hmm. You know, people's schedules are really have been disrupted and a lot, every, a lot of people are working from home. Kids are going to school from home. And I understand that you have um, a, a new program called Montage Academy, which is, sounds really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about that? We are very excited about this, Aturius, because as you know, everybody's work schedule now is extremely flexible in terms of where they can work from. 
And equally, school schedules are, are almost as flexible. And certainly from where you can attend class, because so many of the kids are learning online. So we've created Montage Academy for students age 6 to 17 to enroll in full school days, including 24-7 virtual tutoring through tutor.com. Study hall is monitored and educational programming, supplemental educational programming, such as yoga or stretch breaks, hiking, art classes, conservation, and more. This enables parents to to work distraction-free or relax enjoying our incredible resorts while their children, while they know secure that, that, that their children are in a great learning environment. So what is the learning environment like? How, would it, how exactly does it work? The, um, so it's a dedicated study hall space, socially distant, and of course, a lot of our peace of mind um, protocols are applied here, but socially distanced, great IT access, um, supervised the whole time, and guests can learn at their own time and schedule, because as you know, a lot of our guests are on different time zones, or you know, my, my, my two boys are on actually different work schedules although it's the same school <laughs> so we we can personalize and tailor the study hall based on individual children's learning times and schedules what's the reception been like so far it has been fantastic it's it's been really well received you know it's the other benefit is not just for us but but for our guests it's extended what is the traditional summer travel season which usually wraps up uh, on or around Labor Day. But um, because of that flexibility of work schedule and that flexibility of online learning, it's really extended into September and it's looking like it will through the month of October too. So it's really increased the opportunity for folks to travel outside of the traditional summer season. You know, California hotels probably have an advantage over properties and other destinations because the weather here is just so great. Um, it's just easier to be outside in the fresh air. Are you factoring that into your operations? We have an abundance of blessings here in California, but one of them absolutely is the climate. And, you know, Laguna Beach, for example, you know, for me, uh, my favorite time of the year is September, October and into November because the weather is absolutely fantastic. It gets a little cooler in the evenings, but um, that's a great excuse to go go and um, enjoy the fire pit and do family s'mores together. <laughs> I know you're opening up a new hotel, uh, Montage Healdsburg, later this year. How has the pandemic informed the development of that property up in Sonoma County? That's a great question. We are so excited to be opening in Montage Healdsburg in November of this year. It is a beautiful resort on 250 acres of rolling hills with beautiful oak trees and a working vineyard. So we're very excited about that. It's full speed ahead. Um, We have incorporated all of our peace of mind protocols into the pre-opening planning um, of Montage Healdsburg. But like Montage Laguna Beach, it it really offers incredible outdoor spaces. And um, we are very excited about bringing Montage Healdsburg to to the wine country. And and 250 acres is huge. So you really have a lot of room to roam and kind of, you know, be on your own a little bit. Absolutely. And the guest rooms are beautiful. They're large and spacious. And every one of them has some great outdoor terraces as well. So 
it's a wonderful indoor outdoor experience. That sounds lovely. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask your perspective. Are you optimistic about travel in 2021? Do you think things will return to normal relatively soon? It's a great question. And if anybody tells you they have the answer, I would question their <laughs> credibility. It, it really is a, a, a moving target. I will say the longer this year progresses, um, the more confident that I am becoming about 2021, because we've seen over the summer a pretty strong return for leisure travel, and that's continuing into the fall. We're beginning to see demand for smaller meetings, which is critical to the success of tourism in the great state of California, and equally for Montage International. So that's the great news. And having said all that, I think the industry is expecting, um, I'd say, 60 to 65 percent of business levels in 2021 compared to, say, 2019. I do think the segment that's going to be slowest to come back is large conferences Mm. and citywide in particular. So if you think about markets like San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego and others that rely on citywide conventions, I think that's going to be a little slower to return than most other segments. That seems to make sense. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Absolutely. If I may, we're in addition to Montage Healdsburg, which opens in November, we're very excited to introduce Pendry West Hollywood, our new hotel that will be opening in December. Pendry West Hollywood is on Sunset on in Olive, one of my favorite parts of the cities in L.A. and West Hollywood. Wolfgang Puck will be doing all of our restaurants and bars and he's very excited about rolling out two new restaurants and multiple outlets so we're very excited about pendry west hollywood and bringing that to the market in december too that sounds great i mean i i think so many people are so ready to get back out there and so you know the fact that uh you're taking uh you know the pandemic so seriously and uh changing protocols and doing everything you can to make people feel at ease i think that's really gonna you know, help people to just feel relaxed and feel confident that they can actually go out and have a a good time and uh, be safe as well. It's so important that we combine the two, continue to travel and do it in a very safe and um, conscientious way. Well, James, this has been really great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Thank you so much for having me. It's, It's been a real pleasure. James Birmingham is Executive Vice President of Operations for Montage International, the folks behind Montage Laguna Beach and the forthcoming Montage Healdsburg, as well as Pendry Hotels with both Pendry San Diego and the upcoming Pendry West Hollywood. Learn more online at montagehotels.com and pendry.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. No matter where your travels take you, formulating a plan for eating and drinking is a vital part of any trip planning exercise, and the COVID-19 pandemic has only complicated this process. Fortunately, California's hospitality industry has risen to the challenge, bringing new safety protocols and plenty of innovation to their facilities. 
Hamish Marshall owns the San Luis Obispo favorite Slow Brew, as well as the craft distillery Rod and Hammer's Slow Stills under the same roof. And we're going to talk to him about the challenges and opportunities introduced by the coronavirus. Welcome to California Now, Hamish. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. You know, to start out, tell us a little bit about Slow Brew. What is it and where is it? Slow Brew is a brewery on the central coast in San Luis Obispo, California. We've been around for uh, about 32 years. We're actually the first microbrewery in California after Prohibition. So um, my partner, Rodney Sigelski, and myself took over the brewery about 10 years ago um, and really rebranded uh, it and its products, et cetera, over the last five or six years. And, and uh, we built a new facility, a 35,000-square-foot facility out near the airport in San Luis Obispo that encompasses the brewery, uh, tap room, uh, our distillery, and our, our event center. So uh, very lucky to have it. Great facility, great beer, and in a great location. Wow, that sounds huge. So can you, can you kind of paint a picture of what Slow Brew was like before the pandemic? Maybe a busy weekend night last year. How would you describe the scene back then? We have two buildings. We have the brewery and the tap room. Then we also have a downtown pub. Um, with uh, the slow brew lofts above it. And, you know, downtown San Luis Obispo is a, you know, it's a bustling uh, student town, really, really vibrant. And, you know, the busiest nights, uh, you know, Thursday through Sundays are just busy times. We have a fantastic farmer's market downtown. Um, So it was just a vibrant place to be, you know, know, uh, great dining scene, great pub scene. You know, uh, the students would obviously come out a little later at night, but it was it was it was just vibrant. And since the since the uh, pandemic uh, hit, that obviously all changed because um, you know everything had to shut down. So that that vibrancy for a period of time uh, disappeared, and we went to uh, uh, take away food. Um, and the town, you know, basically being a ghost town. Um, we, we said it was almost like Armageddon at one point. It was, it was something that you just you couldn't even imagine. Right, right. Uh, do you do you have any outdoor seating that you're allowed to have people uh, sit at? Yeah, so both facilities uh, have great outside dining. The one downtown uh, has a great outside deck um, sitting over the creek that runs through San Luis Obispo, and the Rock, which is the brewery is just, a, it's a big playground for adults and kids, so lots of outside dining. So we, we really got lucky uh, when we came out of the pandemic because we are able to cater to that outside dining regulation. Uh, but in fact, San Luis Obispo just opened up 25% inside dining, and that's been fantastic. That's great. So you're actually able to have people indoors and outdoors now. Correct. Yep. Can you still offer live music? No, live music is something of the past right now, and it's something our roots were built on at Slow Brew. So that's been very difficult, but we've found a way to keep the music uh, playing, and we've been doing a lot of uh, live streaming with music, so with a lot of local bands. And so out of our event center, out at the brewery, we've got a great setup. What we've been doing is uh, getting the bands in, live streaming it, keeping the garage doors open, and then streaming it actually over the internet, but also through the brewery and the distillery. So it's almost like a live concert, but yet it's not. <laughs> and that's been working out really well. People have been loving it. That's really great. So, so, so it is actually live music in a in a, a separate location that you are streaming live out to your 
you know, your customers there on site and also on your website to everywhere, right? Yeah, correct. And so we've got a big screen outside so people can see the band and, you know, so they where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. That's a really cool workaround. Um, ballpark estimate. How, how is your business doing in terms of returning to normal? Is it like 50% of what it was before? 100%, 75%? What, where are you at? So it's, that's a really interesting question. It depends on which, which area you're looking at. So for the brewery itself, um, the pandemic, uh, believe it or not, was very positive for the brewery. You know, our distribution, we're distributing in 13 different states right now. You know, it's boosted our sales dramatically uh, in all areas because everything went from uh, on-premise, which is selling kegs to pubs and restaurants, et cetera, because they didn't exist, uh, to everyone drinking at home, so buying uh, retail, pushed our pack, you know, distribution through the roof. So it's that has been very, very positive to uh, the business. It's probably grown 200% in the last six months. Amazing. Uh, the restaurant is doing uh, okay. We're probably right now back to 80% of where we were. Um, and then the downtown restaurant is, you know, we're really probably at about 50% of where we were. The downtown is the hardest right now because obviously outdoor space is, is still limited. Um, it's not as free. Um, so that, that's definitely impacted uh, business a, you know, a great deal. Let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics in, turn of, in terms of sanitization and safety. What's the biggest challenge for you as you, you know, change your practices to accommodate what's happening? Well, I think, you know, I think it was a challenge at the beginning because this new norm, uh, you know, none of us have ever been through a pandemic before as such. So uh, it was getting used to what the requirements were going to be, the restrictions, et cetera. And I think you know, some of those things included no no inside dining, everyone having to wear face masks, uh, glove protocol, sanitization, both of uh, tables, chairs, bathrooms on a regular basis. So we put a whole stream of things together uh, within our businesses where each employee uh, has to have their temperature taken uh, before starting work. Uh, all of our employees have to wear masks and gloves, both to protect themselves and uh, and the customers. The bathrooms get desanitized every 30 minutes. Um, and then we've got this pretty cool thing on the tables, and it's a piece of wood with uh, a green strip on the front and a red strip on the back. And, and green means it's clear to go, sit down, and red means it's been used and it hasn't been sanitized yet. So... It, it was coming up with little things like that that were a challenge at the beginning, lines that separated people by six feet, tables that separated everyone by six feet. Those things were challenges, but they are, now they've become the norm. And to be honest, we don't really think about it too much, and I think the public have got used to it as well. They're all respectful of each other. They're respectful of the staff. And really, I think they're just uh, they're thankful to be able to get out and about and enjoy good food, good beer, et cetera. That sounds really great. I mean, I love a place that cleans its bathroom every 30 minutes. That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder why we didn't do it before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have you had to hire more people or are you just redeploying your staff? No, we redeployed our staff. I, you know, that's probably a big change and not necessarily to the good. I think the pandemic um, helped a lot of businesses relook at how they were operating. You know, we definitely have not bought back all staff. You know, we're running at about 66 
67% of the staff level that we had before, but still doing more revenue. So we've definitely become more efficient, um, but at the same time, you know, we're asking more of the staff um, that are here. Hmm. So how, how have your staff responded to these changes? Exceptionally well. They, you know, Slow Brew is a big family um, and everyone got on board. Um, you know, everyone abides by the rules. They take them seriously. And, uh, you know, they've really, you know, they've really raised to the situation and, and they give it their best. And I think at the beginning, again, you know, I think the customer base, you know, they were a little confused. People were on edge. Staff were on edge because they didn't know how this thing was going to pan out. And, you know, we've been operating this thing now for about three months. Um, and it's really become the norm. What about the larger community? Have you seen innovations from the city of San Luis Obispo or from other establishments that impress or inspire you? You know, San Luis Obispo has 330 days of sunshine a year. <laughs> right. And, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've got this great main street, Higuera Street, and it's, it's a big, wide street. It's, it's three lanes. It's got parking on either side. And for years, we've all discussed, let's get rid of the parking. Let's get more outside dining. Let's get more people on the street. And what's come out of the pandemic is, you know, we're and not being able to eat inside of these parklets. So we've now got, you know, these great outside dining areas that people are just loving. So it's bringing back that vibrancy. Um, that we had prior to the pandemic, but the city is now very much committed to leaving these parklets in place and continuing on with this outside dining on the main street. Right. I, I think that's going to be a game changer moving forward for San Luis Obispo. And what you mean by parklet is where you kind of take over the on-street parking uh, spaces and you make them, you know, either a place where people can have seating or you set up like a little park-like area right uh, at the curb, basically. So you're kind of extending Correct. the sidewalk, right? Yeah, and people have done great jobs. I mean, you know, people have got out and you know, put lounge areas, tables, plants, um, you know, fairy lights. You know, it's really, you know, people have had to dig in deep and, and basically build a new restaurant, dining room outside. And, you know, as you can imagine, you know, that's, that's had to take some uh, creativity and, uh, and some grunt to really come up with something that would work and make the public feel comfortable. Are you optimistic about what the future holds for the restaurant and bar industry? I think it's got a really tough run ahead of it. I think restaurants and bars in general, uh, it, this is a, I, I would call it a generational shift of um, you know, what we'll see. I think there'll be a, you know, a lot of businesses that do not reopen. You know, they're just having a tough go of it. I think it's location-based. For example, New York, I think 30% of the storefronts for restaurants have not and will not reopen again. You know, that's a, that's a big hit. So I think there are challenges within the industry that will continue on and will be difficult. I think there's also opportunity uh, depending on location. And again, we're fortunate because, you know, we live in this beautiful little town on the central coast of California where people want to be so that business is continuing to promote. Well, Hamish, this has been a really great conversation. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on California Now. I very much appreciate uh, being invited. Thanks. Hamish Marshall is the owner of Slow Brew in San Luis Obispo, online at slobrew.com. He's also co-founder of Rod and Hammer's Slow Stills, that's slostills.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. 
Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope you enjoyed this episode on traveling safely during the pandemic and get a chance to hit the road soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe. At the top of this episode, I mentioned the responsible travel hub, an invaluable resource you can find at visitcalifornia.com respect. When you go there, be sure to check out the Responsible Travel Code, a set of seven guidelines we're asking all travelers to read and follow. By honoring this code, you'll be doing your part to ensure that California remains a safe and viable travel destination over the long haul.